This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. And I know we promised you spring um, last time we spoke. It's not raining. It's not even freezing. Yeah, it's been a bit um, on and off recently, but we are in England. We have come back from the frozen uh, north, Harrogate. It was snowing when I left, at least. Yeah, quite heavily. At Easter, good grief. And we have returned to bring you... What are we bringing you them this time? Uh, the ease of running campaigns. Some some of them just seem to flow. Some of them are hard work. What, what What's different about them? Our wish list for uh, Steve Jackson games and why they aren't fulfilling it. And long-term aims in, in a campaign, whether, whether they're the heroes or the villains' aims. How do you work out when they're getting close to achieving them? Before we start, this is another one of our non-sponsored, non-paid-for um, sort of recommendations for the bundle of holding who send us their uh, their latest releases. Uh, running for about another week after this podcast starts is the Mithras bundle, which contains the core system of what used to be RuneQuest 6, the Mongoose version, until mm-hmm. Chaosim decided they wanted the name back. So basically, Mongoose said, we don't want to publish this without it being RuneQuest. And, uh, and, and the, the authors uh, then took yeah. it away. And found the design mechanism, I think, and uh, have published it since. I am sort of in sympathy with Mithras, not 100%, because I'm an old grognard. We have them on this uh, podcast. And, um, and they made some design decisions I didn't entirely agree with. But they, um, it remains at its core the D100 grittyish and fairly realistic system, um, realistic seeming. Uh, so for for somebody like me whose RuneQuest experience is basically two and three, yeah, this is uh, this is some stages beyond three. It has um, changed the it has changed the basis of character generation a little, though it still uses the barbarian. Uh, civilized nomad and primitive categories. I had a look through through the um, was it professions they call them? You basically yeah. the skill package, and that that did seem surprisingly restrictive. You, know, you, you get your um, doctor, as it might be, or warrior, or whatever, yeah. and that there are a bunch of skills that you can uh, professional skills that you can put points into, and then there's a list from which you, of six or seven, perhaps, of which you have to choose three, and you can't put any points into any of the others. That seems to me, yes, all right, you're trying for niche protection here so that you don't mm. have too much skill overlap, but it feels restrictive to me. I think it's also to try and avoid the I am a doctor but I am crap at this syndrome, which, mm. sometimes, which sometimes occurs when people spread themselves a little too thin. Well, it did occur to me that one, one could very easily use that system to make a streetwise scholar who just calls himself a doctor because the mm. scholar doesn't get streetwise and the doctor does <laughs> as a professional skill. Don't confuse me. He... Um, also in the bundle uh, is the are, the are two of the historical uh, settings. I'm really glad they didn't include Constantinople because I only just bought it. Um, uh, there were uh, Mythic Britain, uh, which is Arthurian, Merlin, 
Arthurian, but I get the feeling relatively low fantasy. Yeah, and quite dark. And uh, also uh, ancient, um, ancient Republican realm, which is really very useful for anybody doing any uh, gaming in that area, even if you're even not if we use... already have the Iron Crown and uh, Steve Jackson games, ancient Rome source books. I have. It's, I think it's better than the the Steve Jackson games <laughs> one. To be perfectly honest, Iron Crown. I, I'm not. I'm not aware aware of. They also chuck in their um, fantasy, generic fa- uh, fantasy materials, uh, source book and adventures. Yeah, that that seems pretty straightforward. The um, if you want to bash monsters, this is where you go. Yeah, and let, let's not worry about those tedious cultures and things. Yeah, which very often lots of people want that. Well, yeah, it's a it's a it's a market you've got to satisfy, I suspect. When I, when I look at these books, the impression I get, and granted, the the cover of the core book is very nice indeed, mm. but the internal interior black and white and pretty sparsely illustrated by modern standards. Uh, now, obviously, that's a budgetary restriction, but it says to me, as a reader of a lot of modern gaming products, thanks to the bundle of holding, we're not really trying very hard to sell this. That yeah, that may have to be the decision they have to take. I think I th- I think this is somebody keeping their their system in existence and 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 serviced, rather than going for the luxury end of the market. Mm. And hey, I'm I'm old enough to 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 remember when you know actual typesetting was a luxury. <laughs> Yeah, you get the typesetting free now. Uh, I was mildly amused. Um, they're all, they, the genesis of the thing as RuneQuest, mm. quite apart from the game mechanics, does become obvious because at the head of each chapter you've got you've got a band of runes. Obviously, they can't use the RuneQuest runes anymore. Yeah, they deblaratified this. They've got something that looks vaguely cuneiform and actually tracks down to the Behistun inscription, so it's Persian cuneiform. That's that's cool. And they used a font for that. And the character mapping is 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 that uh, strange and arcane uh, series of letters Q W E R T Y. Roger, have I ever told you you're occasionally a little too obsessive? I'm sure I'd remember if you had. Go on, consider it. <laughs> onwards. So, uh, oh, he doesn't want to go onwards. Well, no. I mean, this is an interesting system, but you know, to me, as a GURPS player, and indeed to you as a GURPS player, what yeah. does it offer you that GURPS doesn't? Um. It's a lot less. I like the uh, the way you had to ask me that question, didn't you? They're not going to thank us for it. It's the question I asked myself. Obviously, you know they 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 reckon there's enough market for it for it to go. Yeah. Um, Yes, it's on the bundle of holding. It doesn't mean it's a failure. Um, I think there, everything's there are cle- on the bundle of holding. Yeah. As, as, as there, the there are clearly years. people who want to play this. Yeah. But, I, but with, with Glorantha removed, and certainly I can see the appeal of Glorantha, hmm. what, what, what is the thing that works here? Combat, um, a system that is lighter and easier to adapt than GURPS. Uh, I mean, I, I love GURPS and I, I use it with ease, but I think it's... I still think that the D100 system is more intuitive and easier to grasp hold of. I I find combat and uh, especially especially well supported and especially useful for that sort of Bronze Age, Iron Age, um, very very basic um, warfare. 
and adventuring that you get that that Glorantha and some of the other supplements are all about. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I am putting off using it because uh, RuneQuest uh, in Glorantha is coming, but it's a long time till Gen Con, and I may <laughs> not be able to wait. <laughs> and certainly if you have a RuneQuest itch you want to scratch, I imagine it would not, not be at all difficult yeah. to reapply Glorantha to this. It would, be, it would be possible, but I'm not sure I would, because as I say... Um, there is a new uh, Glorantha dedicated version of RuneQuest coming out mm-hmm. and I sort of lust after it in, a, <laughs> in an aged gentleman and gamer sort of fashion no, onward can, can I say onward now? yeah right onward I notice about campaigns of which I run quite a lot is some of them become really easy to run and some of them get more difficult yeah, yeah so some of them I can think oh I'm running I'm running a game on Saturday well I pretty much know what's happening mm-hmm. um, there's this and this and this and I know I know how the pieces are arranged behind that to make it happen all is well Others, I, I am flogging my brain across the entire week trying to think, okay, what the hell should be going on here? Oh, God, what did I say to them last time? What did I have to get ready? Oh, God, have I any idea where this is going next? Well, it's not just me, then. Excellent. Well, no, it's, I, am, I am suffering um, a little at the, the moment. I, I, I'm not quite sure whether this is, is simple old age and crankiness or whether it's uh, whether it's something that's got into my style of gaming. I, I think some of this can be the nature of the campaign as well. I'm, I'm fairly sure you're right. I'm fairly sure I have written myself into corners with campaigns and persevered, sometimes unwisely, with campaigns that weren't really suited to a particular group. On the other hand, some days I think, what would suit this bunch of grumps? Mm. Um, I... I think that some days it flows with with ease and some t- days it doesn't. I don't think that the, the, the lack of suitability to the players is the whole thing. I know Well uh, it, no, but if, if the players have engaged with the setting, yeah. then they start generating their own plots. True. And that certainly helps. Um um, but and plots in a very broad sense, saying that, that yeah. they, they have things they want to achieve, and um, mm. they, they will be they will be happy if if they are attempting to achieve those things. Yeah, but the complaint I get most often is I don't know what I can do here. I don't know what this world is like. I'm not getting it. Or maybe they by their actions they they demonstrate that they're not getting what the game is is about. Mm. On occasion, I've had myself be told that. Like, this isn't what we want the game to be about. You're going with your obsessions and not with ours. <laughs> um, so religion and the nitty-gritty details of politics are right out until I get um, until I get a, di- a different group, I think. Um, but the, Go on, run a game of church politics. You know you want to. I, I'm, I'm really tempted to run a game of Ask Magic of uh, Order of Hermes politics. <laughs> But I think I think they would throw things at me. Um, yeah, all right, maybe on the internet one day. But yeah, 
the problems... One of the things that comes to me is what I think of as the thickness of the setting. Go on. Um, there, there are some settings, I'm thinking ones I've designed here, because mm, that's what on. I usually run, where you can scratch a bit and I don't really know what you're going to find underneath it. There, there is a skin of what's going on, but mm. it's not well defined what, what's happening in the background. Whereas, oh, so, so you take, take the game set in the Second World War. Yeah. Research is a, is a joy and a constant source of material. And the players can go and find things for themselves that, that, that look interesting. Yeah. And didn't, didn't I read something uh, once about, or isn't this time for The Man Who Never Was, or something like that? Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with that sort of, except some of the best fun I've had has been with settings where I've not known too much in advance. Now, I think I'm probably at the moment pushing my luck um, with this in my current uh, rain campaign, and I really should have uh, battened a few things down more Mm. before I started. Um, But I may yet reach the point at which discovery happens and, uh, and it starts to spark off the players a bit more. They say they're having fun. I seem to be struggling. But... I have I've started a, a campaign uh, which I've talked about in the past in which they started out as the surplus teenage population of a mountain village who are told you're the, just too much trouble here take a spear uh, a leather jacket and uh, a week's rations and go away forever and they went out to discover the world away from their village mm. and I didn't know much about about it I randomly generated a world map, plonked them down in the middle of one of the mountains and then said, do you want to go left or right at the end of the road? <laughs> and that flowed and worked because each step on the road was something I could build more background in and they could imply more background about. But I never tied things down until it became necessary to tie them down. Yeah, you see, if I, if I were to run a game of that sort, it, I would want to have... In the, at least at the back of my head, even though I didn't tell the players about it, some sort of framework of, at, at the very least, how the cosmology works. Well, I, I, I knew there were was deep history. I had a vague idea that the 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 setting was sort of pseudo Chinese in feel, and that there were barbarians north of the the wall that away. But more than that, I don't think I don't think I had. Mm. And in some place, I I think it's maybe a mistake to tie yourself down too much to um, details of of world building systems in advance. With the rain game, I've had to commit to a sort of crude division of how magic works because that's one of the things that. The advantages and disadvantages they have. They're sorcerers. Sorcerers are evil. Everybody knows only good. Uh, the only good magic comes from the gods. They're refugees. They have to lie a lot. Yeah, and I, I think I was that going was... to say a, a thing that a thing that players have to have to engage with as part of character generation. Mm. They're going to be fairly annoyed if it's not reasonably pinned down. Yeah, quite. I I'm still exploring what the what the the meaning of the deep back, background is, but with the Exiles game, the Exiles from the Village game, I could, I was using GURPS and therefore I had a whole range of possibilities of things that I could pick up and which would plug in modularly. And I didn't have to think which I was going to allow beforehand. Yeah. 
I could they 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 were they had characters each of which had something weird about them. Um and I did I think I was trying for the GURPS equivalent of what I didn't know existed then, which was thirteenth age's special thing about your character, the the one unique trait that you're allowed to specify at the start. And I mm-hmm. think that's a, a neat neat idea. One of them was half fairy. Um, one of them was a reincarnation, well, turned out to be the reincarnation of an ancient hero. He was just very big and strong mm-hmm. at the start. <clears throat> but they were troublemakers and the village wanted nothing of them. But I could plug in things that I wanted to use later on. I ended up with sentient airships and then restoring the true empress. There was time travel. This is never a bad well, Okay, it could be a bad thing, but it probably shouldn't be. There was time, yeah, yeah. Discovering the Empress you've, you've restored is really an evil, evil bitch is a plot I haven't used yet, but I, I think it's just there to be pounced upon. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I felt that I was at liberty to include or exclude things and build out the background fairly freely, whereas I'm finding myself a bit constrained with uh, with. Rain. I may have made a mistake in using rain in the first place, but people say they're enjoying it. So, well, well, it, it offers the the connection to organisation and so yeah. on that very few games do. And that is a that is a, something we're going to be talking about later. Ties in with mm. with aims of organisations and where where to go. I I have some thoughts about what is good when you want to have flow in a campaign. Mm. from the players and from the GM. I think, first of all, a relaxed attitude about what's put into the game, not just from the GM, but from the players as well. I have had players who feel every change I put in is somehow a conspiracy against them. Um, (laughs) There's only one of you. Yeah, I've been conspired against by five or six of the buggers. Um, I've... Uh, and 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 they pro- they protest every time I want to put put some something different in, which is their right. But I would li- like more often to hear, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go with it. <laughs> and uh, and the the other is 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 a I think I'm what I'm, I'm t- the general case is a willingness to surrender to the genre, to accept that. Oh, uh, go on, you're point. gonna you're gonna grump grump now. Up to a point. All right, tell me what the point is well, up to. I, I think if you if you want uh, genre, well really anything non diegetic but re- particularly um, genre savvy, mm. um, you need to make that clear reasonably well in advance. I think because at, at least the sort of games I tend to run and, and I think quite often the sort of games I tend to play in are a lot about solving problems. Yeah. And genre conventions mean that whole avenues of problem solving are closed off. To the point that people shouldn't think of them. Well, when I was running um, uh, Knights Black Agents, I found that they were ex- because they were trained as realists in gaming. They were c- closing off all the opportunities to do things really stylishly. Go in, go in and and kick ass and just be super cool which is what the system is designed for mm. instead okay, of that's, fr- that's the opposite end of what i was talking about yeah but yeah well but i frightened them too well at, at an early age i think <laughs> and they were being super cautious and poking everything with a stick somebody else's stick from a distance 
held in somebody else's hand. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, and not get get getting in. Eventually, uh, eventually, because I forced them to, uh, they it came to a, it came to a climax. But I always felt they they resented the fact that maybe I don't mean genre. Maybe I mean idiom. Mm. The world, the way the world works, the way the story works, you have to jump in with both feet. Um, if um, that's not and a perhaps metaphor. even the, the the sort of idea that this is a world in which you you being a super spy can go into a room with twenty bad guys and there will be there will be some thumping and you will you will you will walk out with your hair not actually must but it might seem almost must. It can happen that way. I do not advise you trying it. But uh, it will take a little bit of resolution, and I will hope to make. You and, sweat. and then you fight the vampire later, and that that's a hot, that's a tougher fight, obviously. Well, quite. But that that's the sort of thing. It's particularly given the traditions of role playing that we work within. I think it is not reasonable to expect players to pick up on that sort of thing without some fairly heavy signalling. Certainly, I don't think I do without some fairly heavy signalling. Mm. Yeah, when they. When they don't care about the things you think they the 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 game is about, that's another problem. But maybe I think it's I think I think painting yourself into a corner and not always following the rule that says you should have six scenarios at the start. Mm. Um, there, there's there's a rule B to that. Yeah, start writing more after you've run the first one. <laughs> Otherwise, you find it's we're six sessions in. Crap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Point. Point taken. I've been there. I've done that. All right, Roger. What do you think of the general? You you put me on the on the spot a, a while uh, in the in the uh, a while back. So what what do you think of the general characteristics of the campaigns that run for you that don't don't feel like mental constipation? Um. Hmm. Well, I, I need to pin that down a bit because sometimes it's been the same campaign that has right. been in easy changes? phases or hard phases. Um, and that, that is why I think uh, player engagement is a big part of it. If, mm-hmm. if I've got players... Uh, in the World War II game, I've, I've got uh, one, one player who's maintaining an ongoing file of things to investigate, mm-hmm. which he, he's now sending me a copy of before each session, which is great. Because yeah. it reminds me, you know, oh yeah, we could, we could do a bit of that. and that, that ought to show up again and things like that. Um, so yeah, um, player engagement, player generation of their own goals. Um, I think also having lots of stuff going on in terms of background detail. Um, the, mm. the hardest bits of the World War Two game to run were in nineteen forty one, nineteen forty two, when, as far as England is concerned, there's not a lot happening there. Mm. Yeah, there's the stuff going on in, overseas, um, but. England is just for enduring, our spies yeah. to go out to Burma and yeah. do things and come back is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, and they've, they've done various things around Europe, but uh, I, I there is a a difficulty when it comes to the players wanting to explore the background of the world, especially the deep background, when you they don't want to ruin any cunning plan that you have. And you want them, you want desperately for them to come up with uh, with stuff that <laughs> can be incorporated and say, yes, of course, it's always been that way. <laughs> uh, this, uh, uh, I feel I should be 
more brilliant than I actually am sometimes. I can't tell whether my current difficulties are due to my age and I, and I am remembering my old campaigns with advantage, which is a bit worrying um, for me. Mm. I think I'm sort of tempted to do something very improvisational like a Powered by the Apocalypse game or Primetime Adventures and see if that sparks anything off. But I've never thought those games have legs, if you mm. know what I mean. I don't think they run to any great purpose. I think they dry up fairly fairly quickly. Whereas a more, I, I get the feeling, particularly powered by the apocalypse games, they they are designed to let you explore all the things you can do with that particular setting. Yeah, and then you stop. Mm, true, they have a, a, dis, a deliberate shelf life built built into them. Mm. I am not lusting to go back to some of the really long term things that I have run in the past. I don't know why I'm not. Maybe it's just not the season for it or the year for it. Um, Apparently it's the grey season. Yeah. Well, we had, we had sunshine for a whole four days last week. Yeah. This is England, after all. <laughs> um, I think I, I, I think that I would like to run something with a fairly simulationist system because, oddly enough, I find improvisation easiest that way. And I'm not quite sure well, where va- to go. Va- valued listener Brett Evel has, has suggested something uh, on, on the discussion forums recently mm. that having a simulation system can be a very good thing from a narrativist GM's point of view yeah. because the system takes care of the simulation. You can put all your attention in, into the uh, story input. Mm. And uh, there seems to be something inherently fairer in a simulationist system. It's not true, of course, because you you you're the GM. You still have total control, but um, it feels fairer when they they do something stupid and get get into a fight beyond their their means. Um, that I can appeal to the rules and say, yes, he can do that to you. <laughs> Look, it says so here. <laughs> I I suspect I'm looking for the holy grail of. Um, of GMing, which is a game in which both the players and the GM are on the same page and they can surprise each other in ways which they don't regard as unfair as... Maybe I've done my part, my bit of whinging in the past about, no, you can't do that to me. <laughs> uh, you can't do that to my lovely scenario. I hope I haven't done that too much. But I think what what the Holy Grail is a game where the players and the GM are mutually creating, mostly at the table, because valuable though out of the game things are, they they aren't the central reason we do this. The table is where the game is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I I said I on the good on the good weeks, even the hardest fought for campaign is worth running. But that doesn't stop you from feeling at the start when you're preparing for the next week. Oh God, how did I get through last? Mm. And I don't know if there what is. What can a... I come up with this time? Yeah, what I have. Uh, let, let me randomly riffle through my my, my uh, collection of role playing PDFs and see if there's any inspiration to be had. Oh dear, I can't pull that on them again. I've done it for the past three weeks. Oh God. <laughs> 
Yeah, all right. We're 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 not giving our listeners any very good advice. We're mostly bitching in, the, in this section. Um, well, all right. Let's, let's copy one of Ken Height's bits of advice, which is set stuff in the real world. I want to go beyond that. Yeah, but at, at least it's some, something that's quick to engage with, and then then you can add the weirdness because th- let's face it, there's plenty of hooks for weirdness in there already. True. I'm sort of, te- sort of tempted to do a, a Wild West game only, only on the grounds that I have never done one, and there is mm-hmm. lots of you're out there in the middle of the prairies or in the desert and the train comes through once a day and there's a lot of very strange american folklore both native and imported yeah well and and out there there were wars there were battles but that's all over at the moment and there's strange things out in the out in the darkness i think the closest i ever came to that was playing in somebody else's deadlands game yeah, Deadlands isn't very much set in the real world. I've... No, it, it, it has Wild West tropes about it. Well, yeah. It, it is set in the fiction rather than in the reality. Um, and, and in some very stupid bits of fiction as well, I might, I might as well say. <laughs> the, the, the Confederate Redentionist bits are... Well, all right, the Confederates are nasty, are, are nasty villains in it, but they're still around, which is what I find un- unlikely. And I, I think actually the Wild West fails if you don't have the defeat of the Confederacy in the background. That's what sets it going. Yeah, you've got you've got a lot of uh, hacks off people who who want to uh, who have nothing physical to 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 keep and want to go off and make a new life. Yeah, you have a lot of people who uh, who did things in the war that they don't like to talk about. Um, on, on either side, and you have people. And if with you insist, skills. they may do them to you. Yeah, they 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 they, they can find find ways of transferring those skills to peacetime, whether you like it or not. But that is, that is just a, a passing thought of one of the several that are going through my tiny brain at the moment, as I struggle to keep the campaign that I'm in going. Yes, um, this is this is probably relationship advice relabeled, but I, I find it good for me not to flirt with designing other campaigns when what I should be doing is working out stuff for the campaign I'm currently running. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the one you're with. Yeah, all right, all right. I, th- I think that's the only good advice we're going to get out of this particular section. Let's move on. Listener Brett Evel wrote to us in Latin to ask us what are the greatest GURPS books that never happened. Well, there are. I think we can take this as what are the greatest GURPS books we wish had happened. Rather well, than... yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm straining my brain. All right, let me start with something I mentioned earlier, which is Constantinople, which is Byzantium. There, the... There's one for fourth ed. Pardon? What? There's a Byzantium source book for fourth ed. Oh, bugger. Right, cross that one out. All right, let's go back a bit. How about ancient Mesopotamia? The yeah. land between the rivers, uh, the Sumerians and that lot. I feel that they... Char- chariot warfare. Chariot warfare, uh, strange and peculiar gods. Apart from turning up in Ken Height's uh, Madness dossier, they don't appear to have got any joy. Um, I feel that there's... Admittedly, there are there are... 
biblical implications if you want to make all that all that uh, uh, that uh, that stuff about the flood actually part of the background of the of the fantastical version of it. But I, I don't see any reason. Why you shouldn't? I, all right, there are too I, many. I think the complete failure of biblical role-playing games has been because of the people who wrote them and the sort of games they were, not because of the subject matter. Well, no, I was, th- I was thinking they might, they might, they might think, think uh, they might. I don't know. But I don't th- actually. If, if they can stand up to the Secret Service, I'm sure they can uh, stand up up to the Baptists uh, uh, in, in Texas. Uh, I know there are probably a lot more members of the ba- more, more Baptists than are members of the Secret Service. They have about as many guns each. Yeah. Um, uh, however, yeah, I would say that there, there, there might be something to be said for. Problem is, there are a lot of cultures there, and maybe a series. I don't know. Well, China worked pretty well. I mean, it was a bigger book than they usually produce now, but mm. it did a fair, fair job. Uh, the thing that I regard as seriously missing is Middle Ages, which I believe there was some effort to write at some point, but it, well, the project what, got away from people. What they did was write uh, what they call Middle Ages One. Which was um, high, me- high medieval England. I'm not sure that was desperately successful either from a a writing or a commercial point of view. Mm. They did not touch um, medieval Europe, and again, there are a lot of cultures there. Um, there, you could. Where do you focus it? Is the question on the. Uh, on the French, on the Germans, on the Italian city-states, there's a good deal to be said for the warfare of the Italian city-states um, in in the me- late medieval and Renaissance period. Yep. Uh, a bunch of ne'er-do-wells wandering across Europe could make it for an interesting long campaign. It's true. Um, what was I going to say? If you want to be really depressing historically, then there's a Thirty Years' War. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure what opportunities there are for um, role-playing as opposed to suffering there. There's a great deal, deal of suffering. I mean, I mean, I don't uh, want to do Mother Courage... scavenger prestige class. <laughs> I don't want to do Mother Courage, the role-playing game. You found a rat. <laughs> That's my rat, that is. I'm going to sell you that rat. <laughs> So yeah, basically, it's like Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, and not with not with a sense of optimism. Yeah, yeah, you know, your career is rat catcher to rat seller, but to uh, impressed soldier to deserter to yeah, yeah. It's it's all right. We've eliminated that one. Do you have a historical another historical period? Mm, there was a GURPS Old West. I never paid a lot of attention to it. It's all right. Um... They, I don't think that GURPS American Civil War would work, but I'm surprised they haven't done the um, the Revolutionary War. Lots mm. of people are doing games about, well, two or three, are doing games about the American Revolutionary War. And the first that comes to mind is uh, Colonial Gothic. Mm, yep, and they... Uh, and. I don't quite like the uh, the rah rah American patriotism, but well, give, yeah, ninety percent of the role playing audience is in the US. So. Well, quite, but so yeah, there 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 will be. I can see why they haven't done the English Civil War, but um, that's there's something to be said for a fantasy ver- version of that as a setting. There, you could certainly make something of it. 
where, where does the role playing come in? I mean, do you, do do you have a particular campaign in mind, or is this one of those things where you would have a bunch of different plausible campaigns, you know, at court, on the battlefield, etc.? I think, yeah, I think I want to be on the losing side if I'm going to do any role playing, because <laughs> to be right but repulsive is not something the most role players are going to go for. <laughs> um, acting, is... and, and, and if you survive the loss, you can go off and found the American South. Yeah. Um... And uh, when the king goes back, you can go back and, and found, uh, refound the American North. Ah, oh, dear. All right. In more historical periods, or are there actual... There's been not much done about Africa at all. No. I don't... All right, here, I'll confess to my shame, I don't know enough about Africa. Nor do I. To be able to, to, to suggest a particular... There, there is, of course, the standard real-world constraint that... SJ Games does not, for the most part, employ writers. It has freelance writers. Who, but, come, who come along and say, I've got this wonderful idea. Yeah, as opposed to SJ Games saying, hey, we, we, we want GURPS Southern Africa this century, which, let's face it, it would have to be to, to, just to get all the stuff in. Yeah. Um, they, they, you know, they, they do not, for the most part, propose books. There's a list of things that they, they've said, we would like to see these and we would be happy to take them, but then they're not usually on the large scale. Yeah, or this is this is this is encouragement towards people who actually might want to write a role playing book about a specific look. They published Ikfrom, or as it's now called, something else, uh, Fantasy Two, the the Madlands, ah, uh, which is just the weirdest little um, setting. Once you make sense of theology, everything else falls into place. <sighs> Leave this. With, with with a well, sort of bleeding, squeaky noise. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't go near the gods. Do not let the gods go near you. Ah, Russia. <sighs> True. Uh, the Cossacks are not gods. They may <laughs> think so, but... No, no, Russian paganism. Right. It's basically that there is the white god and there is the black god, and you want to avoid attention for, of either of them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, that... If they're going to publish something like that, then I don't know if they are open to mad little uh, role-playing projects, except for the evidence that uh, Robin Lawrence's friend, Kenneth Height, managed to put the Madness dossier together, and that is a very specialised bit of strangeness. Most of the uh, things on the approved list, uh, at least last time I looked at it, were not so much full-on campaign settings as little bits of things, so a, as it might be a location in the real world mm. written up in some detail that you can run multiple adventures in. Yeah, There is the eternal problem in GURPS that a lot of people run long campaigns. Most people don't start new campaigns as often as I do. Yeah, uh, I'm not doing it as often as I used to. So any given book is only going to be useful to a subset of GURPS players. Oh, that's definitely true in all things but I, nowadays you're mostly looking for publication as pdf which yes but it still takes editorial time yeah true and they they need to pay for the, for the editor and layout people and so on who who can who cannot be told yeah we can pay you in 10 years when we sell the thousandth copy mm. the uh that's really encouraging people to, to, to put pen to paper or well no the, the thing is it, 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 it needs to be at least medium marketable yeah, this is the point here. My regret about the GURPS line is that they're not supporting what they've already brought out. Um, my heart, heart, my heart is with Bainstorm, and my heart bleeds for it a little bit. But I, 
all right, if I were as good as I say I am, I would get out and write the stuff that I want. But I'm not. Uh, but I'm not sure that my own eccentric view of it is very commercial. I want. Mm. I want there to be a Sahud book. I want there to be um, a Megalosh book. I'll live without a Keith Ness book. Treadroy being rewritten would be really nice. <laughs> um, and if I were willing to do the research, I'd like. I'd. I'd, I'd like to do the. I'd like to see uh, 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 either of the, or both of the Arabic uh, countries mm-hmm. treated properly, but Sahud treated seriously is one of the things um, I really, I really w- wish could get done. And one of the things I'm floating for the ne- my next game and thinking about is running Sahud. But one of my players thinks I can't do it seriously, and I want to hit him with it. But that is. Mm-hmm. Just a, a possibility in, in my back in my mind at the moment, but I would like those the things there to be supported, except that any updated um, release will kill some of the already existing IP fairly inevitably. Well, up to a point, um, Phil Master's new steampunk series deliberately does not tread on the toes of original steampunk. Yeah, it's taking a, a I look at steampunk as a literary genre and then do things with it. But it's not, for example, giving you a history of the period. No. E- even one adapted for gaming use. Well, I, I, all right, get, getting away from, from that, that topic into um, types of gaming you'd like to see covered or covered better, uh, things like steampunk and aftermath. And Is there anything... I'd, I'd like to see a post-apocalypse book that isn't after the end because after the end does does it does what it does very well, mm. but what it does is basically uh, you 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 are um, fa- fairly free roving warriors in a very, fairly non-specific apocalypse, and you're killing people and taking their stuff. It, it's a cut-down um, rule set similar to dungeon fantasy and action and so on. Mm. I would like to see a general-purpose post-apocalypse source book. To what purpose? For the people who care about the the places where they live as well, rather than just, hey, I've got a sword made out of a car bumper. Yeah. Um, and a shield made, made out of... Uh, stop yeah. sign? Yeah. I think it's traditional. But, you know, let's say I, I, I want to... Well, e- even if it's my heroes come from, come from this village, how many people are, are, are living in this village? How much land do they need to farm? Mm. Um... How many people do they need to guard against raiders? You know, is there a practical minimum size of a militia? Can you have just one guy with the last gun? Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, basically, the community building, which I, I thought was left out of after the end. You, you could have it as a companion volume to it, but I think it would benefit from having all of Gerps to draw on rather than the, the cut down yeah. adventure orientated stuff. The the thing is, I think that lots of gamers will not be interested in that, hmm. mostly because they can't do very much about it. But we're going to come to talk about big scale and long long t- long term um, development and aims a little later. Yeah, I think I think most most gamers are happy with the hit the thing, uh, take take the stuff, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, but, yeah, lots of games do that. Yeah, yeah, all right. But I think the other problem is that a post-apocalypse is, is in a, as Steve Jackson himself pointed out, inherently miserable. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it's. 
It is. A, I, 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 well, that, that's why what interests me is building something out of it. Yeah. Rather than saying, okay, well, this is the world the way it is. Let's go and kill stuff. I think. I think my own instinct for for that particular genre is long after the the apocalypse, when the miserable days are over for and, and can be hand waved away, and pe- things are starting to pick up again, and uh, and people are discovering what had happened in the past and the monsters and treasures left over from it but don't don't go where the great plants are don't don't yeah don't don't go where don't go over there your grandfather went over there once and he came back changed yeah he he was talking about the this thing he called writing ah oh, ah oh, that is a forbidden thing ah ah no you will you will learn the holy books by heart and if you get any of them wrong, we will smite you very hard. Uh, I, I've got a couple of things that are sort of working up to my having enough time and energy to propose and then write them. Mm, go on. Um, some, some I probably shouldn't talk about because they involve other people, but certain, certainly I, I want to do more uh, in the Disasters series, yeah. which I, in fact, started with Meltdown and Fallout. Yeah. Um, I feel that there is a book to be written about fire. Ooh. Not just it does you this much damage. But you know, how how does it spread? You've been what, what about that the toxic cor- effluvia? That, that, that cooperative game again too much, haven't you? Yes, but but I bought that game because I'm a pyromaniac. All oh, right, I understand. I'll have to do research and experimentation for this book. Okay. <laughs> Should I move out of High Wickham when you're doing that? Um. No, I like this house. All right, good. Keep that in mind constantly. But also, I mean, I, I have other other ideas for disasters because I, I I think one of the film genres that lends itself quite well potentially to gaming and hasn't been exploited much is the disaster film. Yeah, you said um, this before, I think. Yeah, as well in the in the way that uh, is it all flesh must be eaten. The zombie game yeah. has lots of settings because the, the the assumption is that you will have one or two adventures in a particular setting, then move on to a different set of characters. Yeah, because you've been eaten. Well, yeah, but also because we have a different set of different sort of rules of how zombies work and so on. Um, so I, I, I think disaster films can offer that, and you you could tie them together with some sort of rescue team, you know, vaguely Thunderbird style, mm-hmm. if you wanted to, or we could just say, well. <laughs> All right, my my secret wish, which I'll reveal to the world, or at least the three people who listen to this, is to do GURPS Disasters Giant Animal Attack. Uh, 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 right. Night of the Lepus. In the hour I was thinking rodents of unusual size, and here I was right. One of Michael Caine's less proud moments, they did a pretty good job of it, The Swarm. Ah. Oh. There are some classics here, you know. Yeah, yeah. I stand up to the. I, I stand up shouting defiance at the horde of killer bees from inside my hazmat suit. I shoot the horde of bees with my rifle. Yeah, there's 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 a limit to the amount of heroism you can you uh, you can you can get out of spraying things with with killer weed killer. You know, <laughs> maybe that's what causes the problem. Well, yeah. Giant attack plants, triffids, triffids. That, no, no. Let's not go. You should there. be out of copyright soon. That's an evil thought. <laughs> when did John Wyndham die? 
fifties, sixties, like sixties, I think the seventies maybe. Yeah. So okay, come not not for a while. Not then. for a while. Let's not get too too anticipatory. <laughs> I can't remember what his last book was. Hmm. Shocky. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, any other categories we're missing? There's there's a thing that. Um, hasn't had a lot of attention, but is what I think of as a style guide. GURPS Mysteries being one example of that. Yeah, all right. It's basically how to, how to run adventures in, in this particular mode. The only... Well, what's missing? There's Thriller. I'm defining the American... Action does some of that. Yeah. Um, romance, I think, is better done with diff- a different system, to be honest. Though I... I I'm, yeah. Well, the thing I was saying recently, GURPS will tell you whether character A can seduce character B and whether character C finds out about it, but it gives you absolutely no assistance in deciding when these things should happen. Well, yeah, I... I I feel... I I don't know... I've never played a romantic role-playing game, mostly because I'd have to play it with gamers. Hmm. And That is a concern. Yeah. (laughs) The sound you can hear in the background is Roger's wife sniggering. And on the whole, I'd rather not expose my heart to many of the people I, I game with. I, I, I know this is this is wrong of me, and 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 avoids uh, avoids um, keeps me in my comfort zone. I like my comfort zone in this mm. particular area. Well, the, the the board game Fog of Love um, treats of similar sort of situations, or I might get some ideas from that. But part of the problem there is. You you got an incident, and it may be a terribly important incident, but it still just comes down to you play a couple of cards and see how many points you get. Yeah, I am I have a romantic subplot in my current rain game, which is going to get painful, um, and I'm really hoping the player is going to go with it rather than whine at me. <laughs> which I have to see. Onward, <sighs> onward. I think last month, month before, the latest edition of Unknown Armies, which is a game where the players are expected to set um, as a group the objective that their particular occult cabal or group of um, of just plain weird folks is trying to achieve. And it allows the GM and the players to rate this as a percentage chance, uh, their aim is to either get it up to 100% and succeed automatically, or to uh, say, at some point, sod it, I'll just roll the damn thing, and uh, mm-hmm. hope that they get they get lucky. Now, this is covering all the sorts of very vague and deep background effects that um, they could conceivably... Um, bring into effect. All right, the first uh, great awakening. Another one. Oh, good grief! Uh, the, to uh, to to make uh, the next president of the United States a Buddhist, I think was uh, was one of the goals. Before or after he gets elected? Uh, during. If, if, <laughs> if I've got anything to say about it. Um, and uh, oh, oh, 
or or as it might be in a mundane sense, uh, to get my party re-elected um, at the next election to to uh, restore the deposed empress. To, to res- yeah, uh, and now to restore the deposed em- empress is the sort of thing that you can do in an instant if you happen to be um, in that sort of idiom and uh, making it stick. Yeah, up to a point. I mean, there, there's probably a reason why she was deposed in the first place. So so that, that gets into, into the politics. Yeah. So a person does a, do, does a thing. He makes a speech or he wins a battle. That has some effect upon the long-term goal. But it's all very hand-wavy. It's all very... Um, none of us in the real world can know exactly what the effects of our individual actions are likely to be. Unless we happen to be at the focus of history. It all gets very much messed about with. Yeah. Well, look look at your... Before it transpires into large scale. Sorry, you're saying. uh, Look at your uh, World War II game. Your players' actions are obviously having an effect upon the history of the world... But the, the the example I'm I'm quite fond of, mm. I've probably said before because I'm quite fond of it is, um, our, our heroes uh, through magical means involving recognition and, and various other things managed to save HMS Hood from being sunk yeah. in, in in the North Sea. Uh, which for me me as a GM means I need to find out what what Hood was going to do next. Yeah, uh, and the answer is be sent off to the Far East Station. And would would in fact have been involved in the battle that uh, historically led to the sinking of Prince of Wales, Prince of Wales and Repulse. Yeah. So if there is another ship there, it, does it make a difference? This is where I resorted to naval wargaming. Yeah, not everybody is as obsessive as you are, Roger. I may have said this before, but go on. The the end result of this, in fact, was because of. Chaos, basically. Yeah. Uh, historically, what happened was that the uh, retreating Japanese invasion fleet plus escorts didn't find the British fleet, yeah. British and Commonwealth, um, but the air forces did. Mm. And the air forces attacked these ships that were in good condition mm. and and large, damaged and sank them very badly. And th- this was time for a major uh, tactical rethinking. Mm. It was the first time that aircraft had attacked ships successfully. Mm. Ships in good nick. Yeah. Um, with, with, the, with the modifications and chaos, the retreating invasion fleet did find the British fleet, so by the, by the time the aircraft caught up with them, they had already been in a battle. Yeah. So when the aircraft finished them off, that was not a tactical revolution. That was, well, yes, they finished off damaged ships. We know that's what aircraft are good for. This meant that, that the key revelation about we, we need defensive aircraft came about a year later. Which, from the Americans' point of view, was not good. Hmm. The the thing but is that, that's the sort of knock-on from we save one more ship. Yeah, but the thing is, you can you could argue that either way, you could you 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 you, you shoot an arrow in the air and it falls to earth and kill and and kills the messenger pigeon that's uh, taking the orders to the general. The the system in um, unknown armies is sparse and basic, and I think it's all the better for that. But is there any way we can say, 
long-term goals and long-term effects, things beyond the scale at which individual players act. What are good ways of modelling that and working that? You've got to, a good system would allow for a certain amount of chaos and unintended consequences, but you you can't always do do that. Sometimes you have to give the players what they want. Have you played Chrononauts, the card game? I have, yes. I'm thinking of a version of that only with people. I am un- unaware of what it is you are intending to say to me. Go on. <laughs> for, for a particular thing to happen. Yeah. That, that, I'm, I'm thinking of this in not so much in terms of th- things the PCs do as, as villainous plots that the PCs might want to file. Yeah. For, for the villainous plots to come off, various people need needs to be in various positions thinking various things. Yeah. Um, uh, I do tend to think of this a lot in terms of ha- what do individual people think, very often NPCs. Um, so let's just say that the, the PCs you know, change the mind of somebody, they nobble somebody else and their replacement steps yeah. in and so on. I'm How, how does that for, um, dribble down forward to what actually happens? Does the plan change its shape? Does that plan get abandoned and a different one substituted? Is it perhaps worse? Yeah, the, uh, you're talking about something like uh, Kenneth Height's Conspyramid. Um, I suppose. I never quite understood how that's meant to work. So. I'm not sure I did, and I ran with it for a while. But uh, the, the, reserve, the things that they, the standard moves that the opposition is going to, is going to pull. Or, but the, the thing is, it, it's not, here is the Illuminati and the Illuminati want this. It's, here is the Illuminati who consists of these seven people. Yeah, who individually think these things, and the compromise they arrive at is the the current position of the Illuminati as a whole. Hmm. I think, but then I, some of them change their minds, and some of them get assassinated. And how does that affect? Yeah, what? you have the problem of muting glorious Milton's. It is a quotation, I assumed, um, of the people who could have done the job, and never did. Um, whose most tedious manifestation is all the number of stories I see in which Hitler is replaced by somebody even worse when you assassinate him. Mm-hmm. Um, but assuming that if you kill, uh, let us say, Monty um, in during the... Not my cat. Uh, oh, thank uh, you. Field Marshal Earl Montgomery. Um, what happened... I mean, Montgomery was a replacement for the person that Churchill was actually sending out to 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 the, the Middle East. Um, is there is there a way to say somebody else comes along and is better? Is there a non-arbitrary way to say that? The closest I've come to this is studying the records of the people. Mm. Um, the 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 chap who who was uh, commanding Hood, who would have been in charge of that uh, mm. battle fleet. There's not a lot written about him, but somebody being very polite described him as not air-minded, <laughs> which suggests that he would be less concerned about air attack than the, than the people who actually were in charge historically. Yeah, for example, that that's the sort of thing that that, that I build on. Well, yeah, it's easy to do this if you're using uh, an entirely real-world situation. All right, it's not easy. It's bloody hard, Thank but um, uh, uh, it, it's easier to do it 
is it easier to do it that way because you have actual sources you can point at than uh than saying well if general supreme of the orcs uh Krag, the blood 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 slasher um uh, is removed uh can his deputy uh, thrak uh this slightly uh perturbed be relied upon to bring the uh, campaign against the elves to a, a happy ending. Well, I'd want to look at his character sheet. Uh, well, quite. <coughs> Except, of course, that the GM has never. Oh, is the GM uh, is the GM forced to rely on random orc generation? The GM presumably has a template for orc soldiers. True, but the orc general is going to be an exceptional orc soldier. One way or another. Mm-hmm. I mean, his skill might be in grovel- groveling to the king of the orcs. All right, you you could do this in a, in a narrative sense, up up to the yeah, the, yeah in in the events of the campaign so far. Has he shown himself as being an orcish tactical genius, the like of which we've never seen before? Has he or has he shown himself as well? He's he's pretty good, but he's just he's just one one of the generals. He happens to be the one who's made it to the top. Yeah, for some reason, I'm reminded of the rise and fall of Reggie Perrin. And the chap that Reggie uh, appoints in order to wreck his own company, who turns out to be a business genius. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think. Let, let us not uh, underestimate the the uh, value of a a general having not having the boss looking over his shoulder and changing his priorities all the time. Hmm. It's it's true, and uh, and uh, in, and into, and whether the 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 boss or his chief of staff interferes for the better or not seems to be often a matter of pure randomness so maybe you have to just roll the dice and see see how well they do and then justify it all afterwards i i like to think that i would have some idea of the typical range of of tactics and strategy skill of of orcish generals if i were running that game i I certainly have an idea of the typical range of tactics and strategy skills of uh, admirals of the royal navy in 23 whatever Okay, and the uh, uh, and you have you have, yeah, I uh, all right. The the, que- the question is: Is there a when the PCs do something wonderful? I think this is the question I'm coming <laughs> to. When they do something wonderful and achieve the the thing they thought they wanted, <laughs> when is it right to give them exactly what they want? And when is it right to throw them a curveball? In a narrative sense, when they feel they've worked enough for it. Oh. Which, of course, they won't tell you. They always think they've worked enough for it. <laughs> it's, I, I, it's just I think that it's sometimes my duty to tell them they're wrong. The, 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 I Actually, I think what, what I'm, I'm going to have to come down to is looking at the clock of the campaign and saying, how much longer do I want to stretch this out? How much longer, mm. how much more complex do I want to make it be? Do I want them to get to the climactic point I've sort of vaguely got sketched out? And I think that's one of the problems with my rain game. I don't have a clear enough focus on where it's going to end. Mm. Yet, I I have a general basket into which I'm trying to throw the World War Two campaign, but I'm not trying very hard. And if, if the players push it very hard in another direction, then I won't object. Yeah, I think yeah, you have to you have to set up the the climax for them to for them to either say yes, I'll take that and I'll pay this price for it, or for them to turn aside and give you something you weren't anticipating. 
Yes, though I don't think you need a big necessarily need a big climactic moment. Uh, that's that's one of the things where, where role playing has an advantage over linear fiction. That you that you don't have to have the gradual escalation of tension to the. What do you have instead of the climactic moment? Uh, you can have a bunch of smaller moments. They don't have to be in in ascending order. You don't have to have the the biggest hardest thing right at the end, necessarily. Hmm. I mean, all right, VE Day and VJ Day may be a bit of an anticlimax to your bunch, but... <laughs> well, there has um, to give, come given point... that there is still no Manhattan Project, yeah. VJ Day is somewhat in question. They have some ideas about that, but... Hmm. As I understand it, in that setting, no Manhattan Project is a good thing. From the point of view of magicians, it's a very good thing, because it means they get to live. Yeah, right. From the point of view of the poor buggers who have to invade Japan... Maybe not so good. Yeah. All right. The uh, where was I? Well, what they need is a, is a, a magical means of making things go big boom. I think that the, there are some player schemes along those lines. Yeah. Whether they will come to anything is another matter. All right. Um, I'm. Yeah, I am. I am not. I all right. Assuming you've got a semi-sane long-term. Uh, long-term aim for your group for the things you're trying to do. How much? How much does the individual p- stages in the path make a difference? Is there? Mm, okay. How, how much? How much sense of? How much sense of reward and success do you give them? And how much do you snatch back again? I think. I. I, I think. I'm, it's, I'm not big on the snatching back again. Okay, um, but that means you have to throw at them an even bigger challenge the next time. Well, in in an individual adventure, I I tend to, to start with. I tend to have a timetable. This, this is this is what the bad guys are up to, and this is how this is what they will achieve if the PCs don't get involved, which obviously they will. Yeah, but you know, this this is what they're expecting to happen. Um, but when and, you... I, and I think something similar can work on a larger scale. And the, the 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 plot from the Legion of Evil, mm. or the plots from the Legion of Evil. Can, can advance, and then if, if the players don't squish them, then they they will come to fruition. But you know, it, you might decide that but the the chain of things that leads to, um, I don't know, the um, poison gas bomb de- being detonated over the city unless they pay a million dollars. Well, there, there there are things PCs can get involved with before that, like. Why? Why is somebody buying all this chlorine? Are they starting a new dry cleaners? I, I, uh, well, no, I think I think the poison gas, gas over the city is is an incident on the uh, yeah, but but the, it can be, but it can be a long term plot I, to get to get the bits together to make that happen. I'm, I'm assuming a vaguely realistic setting rather than one where you can simply go out and buy a poison gas bomb. Right, but yeah, but you don't just buy. buy you just don't buy, buy a poison gas bomb for the fun of it. Most people don't buy a poison gas bomb for the fun of it. Um, the, uh, the 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 villain has a, has a purpose, and if he succeeds or if he's fr- if he's frustrated, should make a difference to their long term purpose. Well, it does depend on your more villain. dire than just poisoning an entire city. It does depend on your villain. Um... 
if if you're being vaguely realistic, then the then the fungibility of money is actually quite relevant. Or it might be uh, the villain trying to gain credibility at court by arranging various incidents which he can handily defuse. Or you know, th- there is but, some sort of score that goes up and down of villainous progression. It yeah. it, it mul- might be multi-axial because may- maybe he's trying to get um, well accepted at court, and maybe he's also trying to get a lot of. Um, unemployed mercenaries working for him as well, just in case the getting accepted at court plan fails. So those are two different things that you could separately yeah, foil. Yeah, but but this is this is a villain's plan, a villain's plan. But for example, in my rain campaign, the the, the uh, character's company are up against the fact that uh, everybody hates everybody would hate them if they knew that they were in fact evil godless sorcerers. Um, they're up against not a, an individual, though there are individual villains there and there are individual villainous groups. They're up against a whole um, culture's assumptions and hiding is one good response to that, but... Um, really good get, PR campaign? Uh, well, yes, that's... Uh, let, let, let's just set up a, a notional foreign godless sorcerer who just happens to end up defending the city from all sorts of horrible threats. Yeah. Um, if they're genuine, so much the better. They are the genuine godless sorcerers. And they no, no, are I mean diff- genuine threats. Yeah. Uh, the What was I going to say? But uh, in your campaign, your players, in your World War II campaign, your players are up against the Third Reich. And mm-hmm. though there are lots of villainous individuals there, it's also a much more complex, and they don't have a handle on all the bits any more than my... my, uh, my well, the, the players, players probably have a do handle more. on the Republic. The players probably do more than the characters. Uh, it, it's a thing we we discussed quite early on in the game that they, there comes a point in the war where historically, where the Allied High Command stopped trying, stopped considering let's assassinate Hitler plans. So let's keep the man in in, in hand. He's, he's an asset to our side. In effect, yes. Anybody who replaced him would, would be more of a problem. Yeah, um, better the better the deranged idiot than you know than. Somebody who might actually know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the limited competence of yeah, because yeah. e- even if you even if you put your your favourite um, high-ranking Nazi in charge after you assassinate Hitler, he is going to he is going to be killed by other high-ranking Nazis unless he carries on at least roughly on the same course. Yeah, because they all have too much to lose. Uh, eventually, by you know actually invading and battering it all down. The culture and afterwards, yeah, but, but the afterwards thing is that executing there, them. There isn't a shortcut. That's the thing. Yeah, uh, except that there might be if you theoretically knew enough. The Germans were trying to stop parts of the Allied war effort by by bombing. No, I'm sorry, it's the other way around. The Allies were trying to stop part of the German war effort by bombing um, ball bearing factories. Mm-hmm. And the Germans kept adapting and kept adapting and, and, and finding ways round and using less. And eventually the Allies gave up, mm-hmm. except that the Germans were down to their last ball-bearing factory. And maybe if they pressed on a little more. Mm, certainly the Schweinfurt raids um, taken as a whole didn't have a whole lot of effect. And well, one is reluctant to um, say kind things about uh, Arthur Harris. He did get he he was very much on the other side of this. He was saying, "Look, you really can't tell 
yeah. from 30,000 feet in the middle of the night, which one's the ball bearing factory? Even when you've got the, the highly detailed nav aids, it's only as good as your intelligence. And the bombs aren't that accurate anyway. So let us not pretend we're going to do this and, and waste aircrew lives doing it when it is actually a whole lot safer to blow up cities. Here, here one might feel one parts ways with them slightly. Yeah. The, the, the problem is, theoretically, and all right, let's not have the ball bearings. Theoretically, out there, if you had sufficient intelligence, there is some lever you could pull and you won't know about it until after the war and maybe you stumble into it but is that is that fair? Is that well? Reasonable? That's the sort of thing that um, conventional role playing games like to do, yeah. be- because it's the small group makes a difference story. Yeah, and hey, it's a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the the the, um, and the heroes of Telemark, and and uh, all those other. Yeah, we, we 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 will ignore the way that heavy water really wasn't leading towards anything militarily useful for Germany. Uh, all right, all right. Let's let, yeah. Also true, but there is an added layer of um, bit of sweetness uh, uh, added by that fact. Yeah, but that that's the problem. The thing that looks like a linchpin may not be. Yeah, and on the on the other hand, you may have hands on something that is a linchpin and not know it. Mm. All right, I'm, I'm, we're but, getting but, I, but I think to to come back to the core come back, idea, let's come back to the core question. That that, that that's um, has to be absorbed into the hand waviness. That the uh, if, if as a GM you, you you think that this is the sort of plot which has linchpins, mm. um, and you can let the players find out about them with suitable difficulties and so on, and there is certainly a good adventure to be had yeah. in saying you know we we stud, we study this enemy scheme. We find out the vulnerabilities. We go and hit the vulnerabilities very hard. Mm. That's fine. Um, that doesn't need a, a more detailed system than that because it's basically being handled at the narrative level. Mm. If you have, I, I, I have for the World War Two campaign various German things that they're trying, um, which which the PCs will eventually hear about or yeah. meet in person, um, and and sometimes they stumble across them earlier. And sometimes they don't, and that's not quite random. It, I, I have a fair idea of where each thing is, and if the PCs go there, they'll probably find out about it. Yeah, I, I'm getting that feeling in your uh, in your Royal Navy in Space game, <laughs> um, in which we are we are not quite so junior officers, but still fairly junior officers, and we're stumbling a lot across a whole lot of stuff. And some of us know about stuff that others others don't know about, and we have to explain it. To each other, and there um, might even be a reason for that. <coughs> yeah, I'm sure there is, but at the moment, my character's going. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this may be my default role-playing mode, actually. But... I don't understand. Why did they do that? It's stupid. <laughs> I said something I say quite often in the real world nowadays. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if uh, I'm not sure if I would be more or less alarmed. If I thought there was actually some sort of secret cunning plan behind what's going on in the world, well, yeah, do do bear in mind that th- that that is how one of, one of the ways people get into conspiracy theories and paranoia, yeah, because it is so much more comforting to think that it all makes sense, even if it all makes sense in an evil way. Yeah, as long as someone somebody make, knows what's really going on, even if they're the Antichrist, it's somehow comforting. As opposed to there are lots of people working in their own very narrowly perceived interests, even the people who claim they're working in wider ones. 
And the fact this chap has just invented um, something that now means there'll be a, a civil war in 30 years' time doesn't show on the surface, mm. uh, which is sort of that, That's what time travel games are for. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, don't look at that cat. Look over here. Now, can I can I distract you from thinking about things with this large amount of alcohol? Your your job today is to distract Isaac Newton's dog so that it doesn't eat his notes for the first edition of Principia, uh, <laughs> whatever it was he ate. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, your 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 mission for today is to photocopy um, uh, <laughs> or or rather photograph Isaac Newton's uh, notes before the dog eats them. <laughs> I think that's that, that that's that's the mm. way you want to go. Let's be frank. Let's not unravel the entire universe just what a, on what a dog might have digested. <laughs> Dogs do that indeed. I think we call that... We've rambled to a conclusion. If you'd like to tell us about the time your dog ate your homework and the secret of the universe with it, or you, you could come or think about wonderful Gurps books that, uh, for strange reasons, don't exist. Then you can contact us at the well by leaving a message at the website or podcast at tekeli.ly. And we will be back next month with more rambling of a philosophical and role playing kind.